Estás en Toronto Alpha. Live from Smitty1.com Studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Rookie talk. Rookie talk. NFL draft talk. Trade rumor talk. You name it, we're breaking it down here on the Fantasy Football Show. I'm your man, Smitty. And these gentlemen right in front of you might be the top three overall offensive rookies heading into the 2022 draft here on Thursday. You've got in the middle the man that the man known as Kenneth Walker, probably my favorite running back in this entire draft class. Reminds me of uh, Alvin Kamara meets Christian McCaffrey, and I think he can be a top five to ten running back in the NFL if he lands in the right spot. Will he? Will he land in the right spot, or will it be Brees Hall that grabs the top running back spot? We don't know. It could be both of them. Both of them could land in great locations. Maybe neither does. It could happen. And that's the nature of the running back falling in today's NFL draft. They could fall to a location where they're a lot cheaper and they're worth the risk. Whereas back in the day, let's say Zeke Elliott days, a team didn't draft a running back unless they needed a running back and they're willing to spend the draft capital on a running back. Now that running backs fall into the second round, teams that don't need running backs all that much might waste the second rounder on, on a, run, a running back. It's just a different, you know, approach with the draft capital change over the years. So Hall and Walker could both fall into good locations. Both of them could fall into horrible locations. The man sitting right here is Jamison Williams. A guy, frankly, I feel like I should be touting a lot more than I am. I think one reason he ranks so low for me sometimes because I have more of a, men a now mentality to, to some of my you know, rookie content because I feel like too many people play for two and three, four years down the road, but In the end, I've been watching a lot of film on him again, just kind of refreshing my my memory, if you will, even though I've seen all that I need to see. And I'm just getting so excited about his future if he can get healthy. The thing that, that sucks is that the dude tore his you know ACL and he's recovered like three months into his ACL recovery. And it's a hard thing to shake. Like it's a hard thing to walk into. Um, yeah, I like Burks. I like Burks a lot. Um, it's a hard thing to walk into this situation and, and feel like great about how Jamison Williams is going to play, not only in his rookie year, but the initial part. How, when will he first hit the field? You know, will he hit the field in week one, two, three, four, five? We don't know when he'll enter the equation in 2022. Um, but where he lands will be ultimately the big, you know, uh, push, whether he gets pushed into the number one spot for me or Traylon Burks continues to be that second or you know first or second wide receiver I like Garrett Wilson I just feel like Garrett Wilson has a lot to show me um I don't think I think that it's possible he could become the best wide receiver in the in the class but I think landing spot will have to be critical for him to, to to get that title for me I think every single one of these top five or six wide receivers has the ability to pass together meaning anybody can be the number one rookie wide receiver Uh, in this top five or six. It could be Watson. Christian Watson could land in Green Bay and become the number one wide receiver prospect. Um, the Chiefs could take Traylon Burks and he be the number one wide receiver prospect. There are so many of these very close group, close-knit, close talent level type guys. Nobody separates themselves but Jamison Williams, but Jamison Williams is coming off the ACL tear. So it's like, it's a tough spot to be in. 
You know, it's a, it's a real tough spot to be in because the best guy's hurt and the best guy won't be ready to play and ball out in year one. So it's really, really tough to love these rookies. There is no Chase. There is no Justin Jefferson, Avi. There is no. There is no Chase or Jefferson. There is no top five wide receiver, in my opinion, hiding in this group. If there is, let's say I'm wrong and I'm jumping the gun on that because honestly, I kind of am. If, you know, to say that with absolute you know, certainty, there, there's no way I can do that. But I'd say Jamison Williams is the only guy that could breach the top five. But until he proves back and healthy, we can't count on that. We can't really speak to it. We can maybe, if someone gives me a hypothetical, I could say, yeah. Or, hey, Spitty, are you telling me Jameis Williams will not be a top? No, I, I can't tell you that. I like Jameis, Jameson Williams enough to say that if he can get healthy and let's say he lands in a location where they're just going to feed him. Like, let's say he goes to Cleveland. You know, let's say he goes to Cleveland, somehow gets their hands on him. I'm not I'm not saying Cleveland has a pick for that, but I'm saying in the, like a scenario like that, I love him because not only is Watson going to be, uh, you know, potentially not playing the first half of the year, but you could wait on that. Um, you know, I'd love to see him catching footballs from, from Justin Herbert, you know, somehow. I love Jamison Williams in a Chargers uniform for the future. Jamison Williams is the guy you pick if you can wait one year. If you can wait one year, he is the player to grab if you're looking for a wide receiver. If For now, Burks feels like a, a real good prospect, but do teams view him the same? Because situation is king. Situation can be kingmaker. And if Burks falls to the bottom of the first round and he goes to a team where it's cloudy, then you have a Nikhil Harry situation where Nikhil Harry, Denzel Mims, those are two wide receivers I liked a lot skill set wise coming out of the draft, but their situations were garbage and they did not materialize. And, and there's a very strong possibility that one or two of these wide receivers will not materialize because of their location. Make no mistake about it. There are players that have thrived in the NFL that would not have thrived if they were shoved into the Nikhil Harry and Denzel Mims situation. It, it, situation is so important. So important. If you would have put Justin Jefferson in the, the Denzel Mims situation, what would have happened? You can't tell me that we would have had Justin Jefferson, the, the guy you see right before you right now, emerge. Would he still emerge? have emerged? Yeah, because he's a much better wide receiver than Denzel Mims. But would he be the same? No, he wouldn't. Situation is married to player. You cannot separate it. You cannot break it down and say, well, what if, what if, what if? But we have to really be careful not to act like situation can't destroy a player or make a player. Was Arian Foster the best running back in the NFL when he was dominating for year, year in and year out? No, he wasn't the most talented running back. He was the most productive. He was the best fantasy football running back we had seen in quite some time and probably will go down as a top 10 overall fantasy football running back in the history of fantasy football. You know, maybe he gets bumped out over the years of more and more running backs jumping onto the scene, but Arian Foster carried teams to the Super Bowl year in and year out. But was he an elite player? Well, he's an elite fantasy running back, an elite producer, but was he an elite player? No. Situation can be king maker. And in these wide, in the case of all of the wide receivers, it is vital, vital. Let's go to the board and talk about situation. It is vital to land in a good spot. Let me get my pen. So let's break down. 
the wide receivers. And then we'll, we'll do landing spot predictions too because I had those right there anyway. Focus. Okay. Based on eye test. Number one, talent-wise, eye test would be Jamison Williams. Based on talent. And then, we'll say actual. Number two, honestly, go back and forth. Like, the reason I'm doing this show is because I, I don't even have a concrete grasp on what I feel about this wide receiver class. Like, to be honest with you, I'm not I'm not trying to tell you I don't, you know, have instincts for it because obviously after 20 years of doing this, I'm going to have an instinct if I'm on the clock. I'm going to take a player that I really, really like. And, you know, I, I'm going to have have an inclination to go one direction or another. But I'm honestly telling you, this wide receiver draft class is so situation dependent. And it's easy to say that every year. Like, situation matters. Situation matters. It's kind of like a cliche to say. Like, oh, this running back could be good if he lands in the right spot. Like, it, it gets tiresome to read that, I'm sure, or to get told that by an analyst. But this by... by This, this is in, in every... Uh, with every fiber of my being, I feel like this is the one, I can say with confidence, this is the one wide receiver class where I really feel like I don't think there's a big difference initially out of the box between most of these guys. It's Jamison Williams. Like, it's Jamison Williams. And then there's a tear break. Like, it's crazy. Like, I almost don't even want to rank them in, in a way. Because it literally could be Burks here. And he could be the most productive on the year if he lands in Green Bay, let's say. It could be Wilson. It could be London. Or Burks could get overlooked because he ran a 4-5-5, I believe. And he could fall all the way down to a really crappy spot. And then Burks be literally a bust and be a nothing in the league. London reminds me a lot of Mike Evans in a way. And I think he needs a quarterback. He needs a, a Brady, a Winston, just like Mike Evans has. If you take that away from him or don't give him that, London could drop a lot. If you give him a, a big-name quarterback, he can literally climb to the second wide receiver spot, production-wise and fantasy-wise. Wilson is an, an enigma in my opinion, because he doesn't do anything amazing, but he does everything very, very well. So, I kind of feel like Wilson's the most situation dependent. He's got enough talent that he can land in a few different kinds of spots. Like, he has to land in a good spot. All these guys do. But he's got enough ability to run, to be like Debo-esque, to be a guy that can do jet sweeps. He can take a two or three yard Slant and go 40, 50 yards. He can, he can, he can catch a deep ball. He's really strong, in my opinion. He's got good hands, good route running, good vision. Burks is just like a Debo kind of guy, in my opinion. So he is a little more protected 
in my opinion, Burks going to a, a lesser spot than Wilson. But the odd thing is that if Wilson goes to an elite spot, he can be the number one wide receiver. But he could also, if he goes to a very bad spot, fall into like the three, four, five range. Like I think he'll still be good, but he'd be like a, a top fifteen. He'd be like a at most DJ Moore. You know, this Wilson's either going to be DJ Moore, or he could be a top seven to ten wide receiver in fantasy football. It's it's just it, it's it's he is he's the most susceptible to situation. Wilson's the biggest enigma in question mark in my opinion he doesn't flash out he doesn't like jump out on the film he's not flashy on film to me I'm I'm really concerned about Wilson if he lands in a bad spot let's put uh, Garrett Wilson on screen and talk about him for a minute if he lands in a bad spot I'm worried I'm worried for him because he doesn't do anything amazing he's just really good at, at everything, just good, not amazing, good. Reminds me of a of a running back in a sense when he catches the football, like almost like a, a Miles Sanders, you know. Like when I see him catch the football, he looks like a running back, a scat back, catching the football. Um, I I just I I'm not getting the feeling that everybody else is getting where I see Garrett Wilson and I think, oh my God, number one wide receiver can't miss. Make no mistake, you're not going to be able to come back and say, Smitty, you were wrong on him. Because I'm not telling you he's a bust. I'm not telling you he can't become really... I just told you he could be a 6-12. to 12, 6 to 10, 6-12 to 12 fantasy football wide receiver in an ideal situation. Much like I just told you, Arian Foster was in an ideal situation, was not the most talented running back that we've seen, even in his... Even in his draft class, he wasn't the most talented running back probably in his draft class. And he didn't even get drafted. <laughs> point, point taken. But Arian Foster, that year, coming out, he was not only the he was not only the best running back heading into the next season, his sophomore year, in the NFL and in fantasy football. He was obviously the best producing rookie from his draft class. But he wasn't the most talented player from his draft class. It, it, it's crazy how good situation can make you in fantasy. Garrett Wilson, super dependent. More so than Burks. More so than London. More so than Jamison Williams. More so than uh, Christian Watson. Burks feels if he's drafted to start, Burks feels like the most capable all-around player. That's why I, I always tell you guys Burks is kind of my favorite in some ways. But he could be this low because I don't get the sense that a lot of teams view him as a top five, six, five receiver. So where is he going to land? Is he going to land somewhere cloudy? You know, is he going to... Like as much as I think Niner fans would love to see him in a Niner uniform because he's kind of like a Debo probably not the greatest place for him because Ayuk's going to probably try and take a hold of that number one spot. Now, Burks could be good enough to become the number one. But, you know, it wouldn't be like he goes to the Niners and he becomes a fantasy gem. He goes to the Niners, he becomes a great asset for the team, but maybe not the best spot for him. Um, this is... I, I, I'm going to say this eye test. I feel like... Uh, let's take Burks out. I feel like... Who am I missing here? Who am I missing? 
go to my rookie rankings. I, I, I'm trying to spitball this, and I, I, I know I'm missing somebody significant. <laughs> can't, can't rack my brain. Am I? Olave, Olave, Olave. Olave. There you go. So Olave's right there. Christian Watson. I People say Pickens. Um, kind of feel like Pickens is definitely on the on the on the cusp here and, and I know Dodson people like Dodson so these are all these are all potential guys Alave so most susceptible let's change this uh, situation dependent situation most situation dependent number one I'd rank them as Wilson up or down situation dependent. Alave is number two. Three is Watson. And I, I wouldn't be opposed to switching these if you wanted to. These are the most situation dependent rookie wide receivers. And what I mean by that is they have to have the best locations more so than the other guys. These guys are more worrisome if they land in cloudy situations because they feel either raw or or they don't have the pedigree or the the max skill set potential, in my opinion. But they do everything well. Alave feels a little raw, and in the right hands could be sculpted and molded, kind of like uh, you, you know you're 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 making a pot and with the clay. And before it hardens, you have a certain window of opportunity to mold and shape that clay into whatever you want. And the person shaping the clay can turn them into a monster or the misuse could happen like in the Keel Harry situation. Look, you can I I thought Nikhil Harry was going to be a, a machine. I'll admit it. And I don't care who thinks that's crazy or how dumb that looks now. Nikhil Harry walked out of college football looking like he had a potential to be very good. Very very good. He was like like in the example of a clay pot in clay form just sat there just sat there no one shaped him no one molded him no one gave, gave him any kind of form whatsoever and Nikhil Harry literally just wasted away and his window of opportunity is gone he's too he's too many years in to come back and get confidence and to not have he had an edge rookies like him that come in have an edge he's lost whatever edge he had over a competition that he'd be fighting up against you just you lose it you've got an opportunity a window of opportunity to strike with a player and mold them and shape them and i don't care who disagrees with me i don't i don't care i've done this long enough to know that there was talent there and it got wasted it got completely wasted away and so i feel like yeah burks has a little bit of the Nikhil harry vibes sure garrett wilson's got a little of the Nikhil harry vibes um I think Olave's got a little of the Nikhil Harry vibes. I think London could could quite honestly be the safest because you can't really you can't really not use a player like London with his size and ability to stretch. So if we're gonna go over here and put safest wide receivers, safest. I would say Long-term Williams. I can't even read that. Long-term Williams. Uh, 
Number two, probably London. Number three, probably Burks. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to keep them at three. So, safest rookie wide receivers, Williams. Jameson Williams, Drake London, Traylon Burks. Situ- most situation dependent, meaning he could be the number one rookie wide receiver and be a top six to ten guy, or he could be an absolute bust. Wilson. Same thing for Lave. Same thing for Watson. This guy's so raw. You give him to Aaron Rodgers, he can mold him into a superstar. But you give him to Bill Belichick, and he'll absolutely waste uh, Christian Watson away. As smart as Bill is, he's horrible with wide receivers and developing talent like that. I don't know. Developing it. Like Randy Moss was the one wide receiver that's that's been amazing. But I just feel like I would not trust Bill Belichick with Christian Watson or with Garrett Wilson. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't trust him to utilize him right. So, let's go to uh, this side again. And let's let's rank my, my ultimate final. What do I think is going to end up happening? Okay? So, you got, my, you got my rankings here for situation dependent. This is not necessarily a good list. Okay? It doesn't mean he's bad, but... That's not a great list to be on, like your situation dependent. You'd rather be on the safest list and the ultimate list. So here's here's where here's where the truth really comes out. Because I've ranked, and I'm going to have to adjust my rookie rankings after this show. Because I'm doing this on the fly. I'm doing this live. I'm trying to be honest with myself. And I'm trying to adjust and adapt as I'm watching more and more film again. As I'm thinking about landing spots. As I'm thinking about how teams are going to react to the combine and to all the news. Is Traylon Burks really going to be trusted as much as I trust him or would trust him? Probably not. Will he land in a bad spot? Will he land in Green Bay? I don't know. I have Burks really high, but it's time to be honest with myself and say, you know what? Who cares if I've got to wait a year? This is my true ranking for the rookies. My true. You can't even read that. Ring. Okay. Number one, Jamison Williams. I I just I just feel like there's no hesitation anymore. I watched a lot of film on him this week again over because I you know I've watched everything I could possibly watch for weeks on end, but I I took a break. It's been about a month since I've really you know, embedded myself into some film watching and it's a tear break folks. It's Jamison Williams. I don't care if I've got to wait and it's a tear break. And I think he's going to land in a spot where somebody really wants to, to, to mold him, shape him and make him the future. And then after that, after Jamison Williams, my true ranking and gut feeling and I'm, again, I'm gonna have to change my rankings because I got Jamison Williams third because of the injury. Like in my rankings, I'm 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 taking into account you might not be able to use Jamison Williams at the beginning of the year. Based on not only talent, but how I think. God, this is tough. I'm really wavering here. I'm between Drake London and 
Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. I'm really wavering in Burks. In Bur- I'm very, I'm very much right now in front of you live, trying to decide. It's that's it's that much of a struggle. It's that situation proof or situation dependent. It is that situation dependent where I literally could do a live stream tomorrow and have a completely different two through five or two through six. I don't think my one will change moving forward. I'm cementing Jamison Williams into the one spot, and I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait. I'm so tempted to put London here because I feel like, as I mentioned right here, London is the second safest wide receiver. And if you notice, I'm potentially leaning safe. I'm potentially leaning situation-proof. I'm potentially looking to lean away from situation-dependent. And it's just tough. Yeah, we'll do the rankings after the draft. Of course we will. Uh, I'm going to say... Oh, man. It's so tough. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Burks. I'm going to say London. Burks, London... Man, I am tempted. I am tempted. I'm going to watch some Olave film again. Right in front of you guys. I, I can't put it on screen, but I'm literally going to watch Olave film in front of you guys because I'm wavering between Garrett Wilson and Olave. And I know that's going to shock some people, and people have uh, Garrett Wilson number one, and they're probably like, this is crazy. But I'm just not as impressed with him. And when I watch Alave play, I just, I just I like what I see. I'm just I'm trying to determine whether the thing I like about Alave. I'm watching Alave's film right now. The thing I like about Alave is once he gets the football, it feels like big things are going to happen. You know, Garrett Wilson is going to get you more yardage, but is he going to take it house? I mean, he can. He's not incapable of it. Alave just feels playmaker-esque. He feels more of a playmaker. He feels more likely to get into the end zone. He feels more likely to get you out of trouble as a quarterback. He can stretch the field. He can reach for a football in stride. He can adjust to a throw. I'm watching Alave right now as I'm ta- as I'm talking to you guys. Separation is real important. I see a lot of separation between he and defenders. And I see, in a lot of cases, this guy's ability to dominate the space around him more than I see Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, I feel like, is catching the football in open lanes more. Whereas Alave is grabbing the football... In, in ways that feel more impressive to me. Not saying Garrett Wilson can't be good. I just feel like Garrett Wilson was in a situation where he looks better than he is. And I'm gonna for that reason, I'm going to put Alave next and then Garrett Wilson. I know that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. But whatever. And situation will change this. I'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling people right now that Garrett Wilson, who I have right now at number five, could climb all the way up here if he lands in a good situation. He could climb right up to this spot right here, the two spot, if he lands in a good situation. 
but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say five, and I'm gonna say six is Watson. And then there, there's Mechie, and there's so many good players that we could argue at this seven or six spot. But right now, I feel like this is safest below Williams. This is the best by far. This is the safest player after Williams. This guy's a little riskier, but more safe than these guys. And these guys right here are the most situation dependent. And that's how I feel about the wide receivers. And let's end it there for the wide receivers. And then let's go to the running backs. London is just another Mike Williams potentially uh, that's a little that's a little bit why I, I'm a little skeptical ranking him any higher than I have I think he's safe but the reason he tends to linger in the 3-4 range is because and I sometimes go back and forth on a lave over London is because London just he feels really he's like a big body and I, I don't know that he feels like he's going to be a, an elite wide receiver. Like, I don't think he's got elite wide receiver potential. He's just got really good. He's good. Just like Williams, he's good at everything. But he doesn't look super special. Burks looks special on film. Jav uh, uh, J Jamison Williams looks special on film. The best accelerator in this entire draft, Jamison Williams. You get this guy stutter steps. There's a, there's a video on my Instagram. I just put it up. It's my most recent Instagram post. Watch it. Jamison Williams literally stutter steps and then takes off. It looks like he's got, he looks like he hit NOS or Turbo Boost. And both defenders, or the defender and Jamison Williams are both running at the same, like, starting point. Like, the Jamison Williams stutter steps, the defender slows down. They both kind of start back up. Of course, the defender's a little bit behind him. And he just literally explodes. And it looks like he hit Turbo Boost on Mario Kart. And it just, it's unbelievable. Go watch my Instagram post after this. It's unbelievable. The most acceleration of anybody in this class. That's what separates them. I, I really, really, really like Jameson Williams. Let's go to the running backs. Um, and, and let's talk about uh, Hall versus Walker. Hall versus Walker. Now... I don't know that we need the board for this. We could probably just talk this one out, but I'm going to tell you this right now. This one, while this sounds cliche to keep using the the, the situation is is kingmaker, it it really is in both these these wide receiver and running back classes for 2022. There are no like standout best player other than Jamison Williams, but he got hurt, so then it makes it it brings him back into the same conversation. Like, who do you? Who, you know, Cody, can he get healthy? Will he stay healthy? Walker, to me, is special. Like, he can be, he can be, he's a combination of Christian McCaffrey and Marshall Falk looking on the field. It's, it, I, you can, you can say that that's crazy. Um, or Alvin Kamara. Let's say Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. Combination of both players. He's elusive. Um... He stutter steps and changes direction in, 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 a, in a very similar fashion that Lev Bell used to. Walker also does this this unbelievable uh, 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 stutter step and reacceleration, and um, he does he does this one thing where he'll literally he'll literally stop, hop, and then once he once he's in the air, he's not deciding which way to go. It's a jump cut, but it's the way he does his jump cut. He'll jump up, and then as he lands, 
he decides which way to go. And this jump cut that he does and the way he does it, his signature way, is unbelievable. Because you watch him, he's kind of patient like Lev Bell, left and right. And then he jumps up and the defender's going and when the defender's committing one way, he lands to go the other direction. And this jump cut's just amazing. So if you watch his film, uh, and I've got it on sleeperu.com. Sleeperu, like university.com. Learn about it. Sleeperu.com, right here. Sleeper, the letter U.com, like a university. Uh, I've got write-ups on it and everything. But this guy, his jump cut and his ability to change directions is unbelievable. And he does it. Sometimes he does a double jump cut when he's behind the line of scrimmage trying to run through like an A or a B gap and he'll literally jump up and then go through the A gap and then go through uh, you know another opening lane to the side of it you know some lane space opens up but it's like it's amazing to watch him jump cut and run Brees Hall is a very different runner Brees Hall is a one cut and go he's shifty in his first cut or two like he can be shifty behind the line he'll stop he'll move he'll find a hole and then knife through it but the crazy part about watching Kenneth Walker's film versus Brees Hall's film is once Brees Hall does his nice shifty behind the line of scrimmage, uh, navigating, finding an open lane, once he barrels through the, the opening, it's off as far as he can go, straight as he can go until somebody can tackle him or trip him up, and it's a straight line running, which there's nothing wrong with that, you know? It, it's, you know, he's a, he's a tank. So it's like once he gets moving, boom. Then, 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 Kenneth Walker, when you watch Kenneth Walker's film, this dude is literally, while he's running down the field, he's jump cutting left and right. He's changing directions, but he's such an intelligent spatial awareness type of player that he feels the players closing in on him, and so he moves slightly to the left. You know, kind of like, imagine you're running. If you watch his film, you know what I'm saying. So here's here's the line of scrimmage. Here's Kenneth Walker. Here's the quarterback. Here's the, the line. Kenneth Walker will literally jump cut, get through the line, and as he breaks free, there's a player chasing him here. There's a player chasing him here, and they're closing in on him. He'll literally know this guy's near him. He'll change directions and, and veer off this way so this guy's path gets all jostled, and, and he'll be able to find the end zone because he did that. Or he'll be running... Uh, down the field here and a guy's closing in on him here and he'll literally feel it and cut this way and then this guy's path gets screwed up then a guy's coming this way and he literally cut this way and he'll find himself in the end zone all through left to right movement while he's going straight you know so it's crazy to watch the film when you're cognizant of that and I urge you to watch it and and and, and really really absorb his his innate instinct that you can't teach to know where the the space is closing in. It's kind of like here's here's my, here's my hand and here's my hand. Okay, here's what Brees Hall would do. Okay, so here here's these two hands are coming toward me. Brees Hall just stays where he is and then gets tackled. Right, but here's Kenneth Walker. This hand's coming in. Kenneth Walker moves over here. This hand's coming in. Kenneth Walker moves over. And he continues. That's how he goes down the field. It's a buffer. He keeps a certain amount of space. This is closing in here. He moves this way. That's closing in here. He moves this way. He literally gets as far down the field as he can before he gets touched. 
using this buffer of space, this little bubble around him. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Madden would be so proud of you, Smitty. Smitty is winging it. I, I, this is just how this is how I feel. Where am I getting this from? What do you mean, Aliyup? Where am I getting this from? From my mind, bro. From my mind. Kenneth Walker is a spatial awareness genius. His jump cuts, his movement, his style of play reminds me very much of Christian McCaffrey meets Alvin Kamara. In the right spot, he's the number one overall pick, the 1.1. He's an absolute monster. If he goes to Buffalo, I think he's a top 10 overall player in fantasy football. At me if you want. I don't care. In Dynasty, I'd take him in the top 10 in a Dynasty startup if he landed in Buffalo. Now, that's not going to look bold later. It looks bold now, sounds bold now. I'm not saying go do it now because he doesn't have the Buffalo Bill landing spot. In fact, he's going like in the fourth round and redraft and fifth round and people laugh at it. Brees Hall doesn't have a home yet. He's going in 3.1 to 3.8 areas. And that doesn't get laughed at, but no one's like, great pick, Bob. It's like, uh, you know, we don't know where he's going to go. Best ball. Draft best ball now. Go to smitty1.com. Click on the underdog banner. Let me play that real quick and you can see. Go to smitty1.com. Click on this underdog banner right here that says Code Smitty. Use Code Smitty if you go there without going through the link. But click Smitty1. Click the link to this this underdog banner on smitty1.com. And draft Brees Hall and draft Kenneth Walker in best ball before they climb into the values where where Najee Harris got drafted last year. Do you remember how much flack your boy Smitty got by saying take Najee at 10? Don't listen to everybody who's drafted him in the in the mid-second round. I'm telling you, pass on this guy, take Najee Harris. Najee Harris was a monster. Was an absolute monster. Hall is going to be a beast in the right situation. Walker is going to be a beast in the right situation. Imagine if Walker went to freaking... Uh, I don't know. Walker went to Buffalo and, and Brees Hall went to, some say Houston. That could be good long-term. I don't know that I love it right now, but he could get volume there. The thing about Walker is I think he's, both running backs are capable of being PPR guys. Don't, don't listen to people that say he won't be a third down back in the NFL. We heard that about Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott was misused in college, or not misused, but not given an opportunity to pull in a bunch of passes. People coined Zeke Elliott as a non-PPR guy. Zeke Elliott is just fine. The combine helps, I think, lessen that fear. In today's NFL, if you're a running back, you are a PPR running back and a, a, you know, a first and second down running back. You, you can play third downs now. And I think most teams use, and in fantasy, this is you know backed up by PPR and non-PPR leagues used to have such a difference between the two. Running backs would rank really high sometimes in, in non-PPR, and then like guys like Henry would be ranked lower. Now, either you're Henry and you get, and I don't think Henry's a great pick this year, by the way, but you either get so much volume, it doesn't matter, or you are now a PPR back. Like Everybody pretty much in round one and a half for running backs are both rushers and third down reception specialist it's just the way it is every running back and so I don't think a team's gonna draft Brees Hall and not throw him the football could he catch limited number of passes in year one maybe 
Does he go to Buffalo and Singletary catches most of the balls and they run Brees Hall up the gut? Sure. Could be possible. Um, Kenneth Walker just feels like a little bit more likely to be an impact player in the PPR game from from out of the gate. He had a little more experience catching the football in college. Both of them look really good at the combine. Both crushed the combine. Brees Hall crushed the combine. You're not hearing Brees Hall crush it, but he had a bad catching experience. No, Brees Hall crushed it in every category. So what makes you think Brees Hall can't catch footballs? It's, it's, it's dumb thinking. Brees Hall will be fine. Brees Hall has a ton of upside in the PPR game. Walker is just my favorite running back. Walker, to me, in the right spot, is a top 5-10 to 10 running back in fantasy football. In really, at the by the tail end of his second, his first year, he'll be playing that way. And into his second year, he could be getting drafted in the five to ten range overall. If Walker lands in the right spot, if Walker goes somewhere like, I don't know, give me a garbage situation. Somebody throw a garbage scenario out for Walker. Um, maybe, maybe he goes to. Let me let me pull up some teams and just kind of spitball this. Maybe he goes to. A location like Houston's worrisome and nice, you know, potential nice spot as well. Like I go back and forth. New York could be a good spot, but it could also be a little bit crowded because Michael Carter's still there. But I think Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, if drafted in New York, they would use, you know, both. They'd use either one a ton. Baltimore would be a horrible spot. They're running back by committee, uh, you know, by design. And, you know, by nature, they're running back by committee. And, and Lamar Jackson, Fulcher's touchdowns. You got J.K. Dobbins there. But Baltimore's capable if, if a running back slips to, to grab one. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying, like, that would be a bad spot. Um, I think, uh, you know, Jacksonville, we don't know what they would do if, if they ran into a scenario where they, you know, traded up into a spot. Um, Casey could be confusing. Casey takes a long time to, to learn that playbook. And Clyde's there, and we just saw how they misused Clyde. Although they got rid of Tyreek Hill, maybe they go more run heavy. But I think they draft like a Jamison Williams and then like a you know non skill, non offensive skill position player. But but we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, uh, Phillies. I go back and forth on Philly because Philly Philly's got two first rounders. What if Philly ends up taking you know Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker? With one of their two picks, I doubt they pick him that high, but maybe he, maybe they do. Uh, yeah, Javante, I hope Denver does not go near a running back, near a good running back anyway. None of the top two or three or four guys. I don't want Denver. Please, please don't do that. Please don't put us in that position. But, like, there, there are scenarios where Hall or Walker could be bad. But I just think that because both are so highly touted and they probably both will go in the top 35, 536 overall picks, one of them going in the top 20 to 32. I don't think a team that doesn't really need a running back will fall victim to or be tempted to grab one of them earlier. The Bengals would be an amazing long-term spot, but kind of cloudy year one spot because Mixon ain't going anywhere for one year. But Mixon might not be on the team. The team might move on from Mixon uh, in 2022. So if you're looking at this and you're, if I'm the coach of, of the Cincinnati Bengals or the decision maker, I would pull the trigger. I would grab Hall or Walker with that. What is What pick do the Bengals have? They have, uh, let me put the NFL draft order up on the screen for you guys so we can go through it. 
I, if I, yeah, 31 overall, the, the second to last pick. I, if I was a decision maker, and this would not make Fantasy Worlds happy in year one, but they would, they would, they would uh, sing my, my, pra- they praise me later uh, for the production you get in future years. But the Bengals are down at the bottom, second to last pick. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker would be the most phenomenal landing spot for Cincinnati, especially Walker, because Mixon, they move on. Mixon next year. Uh, Mixon's also at a point where we don't even know how much the mileage and abuse that he's endured waiting for this team to finally turn things around and get good. He's He's been abused the entire way. And he had a really good year last year. I admit it. He could have a really good year this year. But long term, because the Bengals will probably move on from him next year, this would be amazing. Imagine Jamar Chase uh, Joe Burrow and, and Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall. That would be the best trio in the NFL for running back, wide receiver, and quarterback. That would be unstoppable. They've improved their offensive line already. They'll continue to do so in the draft and address a couple other pieces of the line. This would be a phenomenal location. The Cardinals would be a good spot at 23 for Brees Hall. Um, probably not so much Kenneth Walker. I would love either one, and I think you know I'd get excited for Walker in Arizona, but because I think Walker is probably more of a running back that would benefit from a, a Bills offense or an offense that could utilize him in the run and the pass, but also let him have these open rushing lanes instead of Arizona's grinded out one cut, you know, up the gut, you know, duo that they that they like to deploy. Um, good touchdown opportunities, but I don't know if I love Kenneth Walker as much in Arizona, but I'd be so excited I wouldn't care. You know, he'd, he'd figure it out. Arizona get Brees Hall, Buffalo get get Kenneth Walker. I would walk away a happy camper coming out of round one. I think most likely one running back will go in round one. It will most likely be Brees Hall. And if I had to predict, I would say the Buffalo Bills at 25 overall will take Brees Hall, and then Kenneth Walker is left to to chance in the round in the in the coming round at the top of round two, which is going to make me nervous the night before. So coming out of day one, I hope I don't have to go to sleep and have. Uh, a horrible night's sleep worrying about my boy Kenneth Walker and where he's going to land. I hope I know this coming out of day one and I'll be excited. I don't know if I... I don't know if I want one of them going to Arizona, though. I just feel like... I don't know how we would use them. I, I would hope we would use them properly, but, you know, the Cardinals are capable of messing this up. They're just capable of it. Um, If we're just naming the worst spots possible for Walker. I don't know what you mean there, but imagine Smitty correcting Mel all night. I, I think Mel, yeah, Mel's not, he's not that good at analyzing anything anymore, I don't think. He's okay. He's got good knowledge. I just don't know that I trust his gut anymore. Penny, how will Penny do though? I like Penny, but I don't like that situation. Penny's in a horrible spot. Hall is almost 220 with the 439. Exactly. He's a beast. Denver would be a horrible spot. Yep. Steelers would be a horrible spot. We don't want Najee or they're not going to draft one of these guys, but maybe they draft like Rashad White. I hope not. I love Rashad White. I'd love to see Rashad White. And let's say, 
let's say not Denver, uh, in Buffalo. Let's say Buffalo passes on Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker and they get taken. I would love to see Rashad White land in Buffalo. I think he could be an Alvin Kamara type player at the next level. That That's, I guess, the, the last guy I'll talk about. Spiller, I'm not going near. He's He had horrible combine. Um, horrible, like in every category. Bottom of the barrel in a lot of the categories. As expected, as I predicted, he would do badly because he's not quick. He's not shifty. He's not even better than the backup players that come in and, and spell him. He's very slow. He did very well in college because he's playing right at the level he, he needs to play. He's not playing above it like Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall are. He's playing at the level, and he's doing well, but it's not going to translate. He's not quick enough walking into into the NFL. Uh, James Cook needs to put on a little weight, but he could, he could be very good, but I think he gets drafted as a backup so I'm not sure opportunity will be right in front of James Cook but if it is then I think he could you know take it and run um Rashad White could be Alvin Kamara 2.0 I'm not even saying a poor man's version of Alvin Kamara he could be as good as Alvin Kamara he could be a top five like player in the NFL top five running back but his line and path to an elite starting running back workload and spot is is a lot harder than Walker or Brees Hall you know, so it really does come down to landing spot for sure for for Rashad White, Brees Hall, and Walker probably will survive better if they land in a mediocre spot. Rashad White, I mean, so good. Watch his film. I'm more impressed with Rashad White's film than anybody, than anybody. Uh, he just he's so unbelievably gifted of getting out of tackles and. And shedding defenders like he's a shedder he just sheds defenders left and right like he sheds it like it's you know like slipping off a shirt just just people slipping off him left and right like he's all greased up or all buttered up getting out there all buttered up on the field people sliding off the dude um this guy knows how to how to navigate space too him and him and kenneth walker are space navigators man they know what they're doing when it comes to navigating space with an innate instinct you can't teach. They're not just one cut and run ponies. These guys will get on their horse and run all around the field. Uh, whereas Brees Hall won't, but Brees Hall's so good at one cut running that it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we'll start doing best balls. Uh, don't worry. We'll start doing best balls. We're going to do a lot of them. We're just kind of taking it easy on that right now until we head into the NFL draft and we start hammering down once we get past the NFL draft. Kind of like a landmark. Once we get past the NFL draft, we'll be doing a lot more mock drafts. Plus, I do mock drafts. Once we get into it, we're doing it like every other night, you know, if not a lot of nights in a row, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And mock drafts just get very overwhelming when you're doing them for like three months, four months straight. So I don't want to like start too early, do like this expectation that we're mock drafting every night. I enjoy the news and talking to you guys a little bit more than I do mock drafting. I'm going to be honest, but I do mock drafting because it's what you guys want and I want to give the people what they want, but I do tend to do them at night only. So during the the afternoon shows, you probably will rarely ever, even during the mock draft season, you'll rarely see me mock drafting on the Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. show. I will do it occasionally, but I don't want that for, I, I want to, I want to talk about NFL you know, and I'm not just talking fantasy. I'm talking the NFL. I'm talking about everything NFL. Um, sometimes people think, oh, you're a fantasy guy or you just do fantasy. We don't. We talk about the NFL. We talk about fantasy too, but we talk about the NFL more than I think any show out there. 
So, you know, we rival NFL-only shows, even though we are fantasy. Smitty getting the quad box to the draft. We don't, we're not going to the draft, um, but we're going to go on the quad box, and we'll be live. And we had 5,000 people watching uh, at a, as a peak viewership at one point. We got, like, there was, like, 1,000, 2,000 kind of floating back and forth. And then at one point during the, the, the Niners pick, we had 5,000 people, and it stayed there for a little while in our live stream. It was crazy. So you guys got to join me. I'll be live on YouTube before and after breaking down the entire NFL draft. I'll be live pretty much on and off all day, breaking news, stuff like that. During the first round, I will probably be on and off of YouTube if I can figure out a way to do it creatively. But we'll be live on Instagram the entire first round. So make sure you're following me at the Fantasy Football Show on Instagram. Just go to Instagram, type in the Fantasy Football Show. I've got links in my bios and on my YouTube page and at smitty1.com. But uh, make sure you're subscribed and you're coming here too. Will the quad box be let? Yep, so I answered that. Appreciate you. Thank you, 49er. Ready for the John Lynch press conference? Yeah, get ready for a, a, a... We like, you know, Debo Samuel and... You know, we're preparing to walk into the draft with Debo Samuel as our on our team. And, uh, you know, until till that changes, we'll approach it that way and... Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're in communication with Debo and his camp and, uh, we're working toward, uh, you know, resolution and, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk much about that. That's what John Lynch is going to come with tomorrow during the press conference is going to be a bunch of nonsense, no answers. Mark my words. I'll be shocked. Jamison Williams is 850 for first wide receiver to be picked. Really? 850? That's a pretty good bet. Garrett Garrett Wilson's probably the most likely to be the first wide receiver taken, even though I don't love Garrett Wilson. Other people do. But that's a good bet. I might drop uh, like a, a 10 spot or something small on this right here. I like that bet. D- Jameson Williams, because I, I, think, I think he's the best wide receiver. You know? Alex, appreciate you, Alex. Alex says, uh, Smitty, you are awesome. Draft's going to be fun. Yeah, Alex, make sure you're here. I'll be on and off of YouTube the entire day. I'm going to try and get some guests on, too. I'm going to be sending links out like mad. Random people popping in and out. Open door policy for um, you know other hosts and celebrities to come on to my show. I'll send a link out, open door, and then I'm going to be live during the entire NFL draft round one. And round two, we'll do that too on YouTube, but on Instagram. So make sure you're following me on Instagram. Can't wait. It's going to be a great, great show. Williams won't go first. People will be wary, I think. It's possible, Drucy. Um, possible. Drucy, former. Thank you, Alex. Drucy is a former uh, high super chatter. We, have, uh, we had Niner by Nature the other day drop. Another 100, 100 and another 20. Niner by Nature has got 289 on the year. High Super Chatter of the year. Uh, Drew C is pretty close. but uh, And then uh, High Super Chatter um, of one individual show, $199 by Michael from Accounting. Bob from Accounting. Michael from Accounting dropped a 199 spot the other day. And he's going to try and hold on to that. But I urge somebody to, to, to knock him off. <laughs> <laughs> Drake London. I like Drake London. I, I went over the rankings earlier, so rewatch the show. 
Um, definitely got a lot of upside. A lot of upside. Situation dependent, though. Very situation dependent. Guys, I'm live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, every single Monday through Friday. I will be live tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern. But if there's any breaking news at all, what happens? Your boy Smitty goes live. If you're sitting there tomorrow and Cooper Cup signs an extension and you're like, man, I wonder what people think about this. Your boy Smitty is live. Let's say Debo Samuel says, I no longer want to be traded. That's newsworthy. That's big. Your boy Smitty will go live. Whenever news breaks, I go live. I want you to think about that. Remember that. Say it out loud. If news breaks, Smitty goes live. And remember it. And when you're looking for content and something hits big, come to my YouTube channel. You can always find it at thefantasyfootballshow.com. This right here will take you right to the show. I appreciate every one of you. Thanks for hanging out tonight. See you tomorrow.